All right, welcome to another episode of the Fool's Gold podcast. And today we got an interesting topic talking about non fungible tokens. I am Ryan. Uh, I am all things crypto, and we got Brian on the other line for our traditional market side. Brian, how is your financial world looking today? <laughs> Doing good. Kind of crazy what's going on in the markets right now, so always interesting. Yes, even in the crypto side, we've got Bitcoin topping $12,000 today. What a milestone. We'll see if it holds. Yeah. Uh, as we would expect with, you know, leading up into the election, things are getting, things are getting exciting. All right, so... Uh, as I mentioned, we're talking about non-fungible tokens today. And this is more of a crypto side thing. It's uh, something that's becoming very popular these days. Um, and so we're going to talk about, first of all, what the heck they are. But also, what do they mean for the future? Um, and how good are they as an investment tool? So we'll, we'll discuss all that. So I think the first place to start is probably the most eye-popping part of the title Fungible. What is fungible? So, uh, this is not in my common vocabulary. Fungible. Fungible. Uh, is it, is this a word that you use, Brian? No, not at all. <laughs> yeah, fungible. So, what what fungible means is basically it it represents an asset that you have that is easily replaceable. It's not necessarily unique, uh, but it does represent some value. So, for example, let's say I have a twenty dollar bill. Okay, twenty dollar bill. And Brian, I'm going to give you that $20 bill so you can go buy yourself a really nice ice cream or, or maybe a salad because you like to be healthy, right? So, so, okay. so here's your $20 bill. You go buy yourself whatever you want. Uh, and then I want you to pay me back. I don't expect that exact $20 bill in return because it doesn't matter what kind of $20 bill you give me. As long as you give me $20 bill back, we're equal, Right. And so okay. there's something unique about that $20 bill. There's no value in terms of its uniqueness. It's easily replaceable. And so a fungible asset is something that is easily replaceable. So on the flip side of that coin, the opposite of fungibility would be a non-fungible asset. And so a non-fungible asset would be something that is not as easily replaced, something that is unique, something that has value because it's unique. So for example, uh, let's, let's take example of baseball cards, Brian, you and I used to collect baseball cards growing up. And, and so oh, yeah. as, as you know, uh, no two baseball cards are alike. They're not, they're not worth the same. So even if I lend you one of my Babe Ruth rookie baseball cards and you say, I'll just pay you back with some random baseball card, it's the same size. It has some person on it. They're not equal value, right? Even right. if you, even if you give me uh, a Babe Ruth baseball card in return, it may not still be of equal value because maybe it's not a rookie card, maybe it's not an autograph, whatever. So there's some uh, value to it because it's unique. It's not as easily replaced. And so that would be a non-fungible mm -hmm. asset. Another example um, that is commonly used is like an airplane ticket. So an airplane ticket has value, but it's unique to me. It has my name on it and it has the destination that I'm flying to. And so you can't replace my airplane ticket with any other airplane ticket to another destination or a ticket with someone else's name on it. That would not be a like-for-like -like replacement of my airplane ticket. And so uh, that okay. would be examples of non-fungible 
assets, something that is more difficult to be replaced and has value because it is so unique. One, one third, another aspect of it that I should mention is that it's also indivisible, meaning you get the asset as a whole. So, for example, with your airplane ticket, uh, I can't split my airplane ticket into two halves because then it's worthless if I'm basically tearing it up, right? It's it's one right. whole asset. And so that those are non-fungible assets. So this brings us to uh, what's so interesting about NFTs. So the, the concept of non-fungibility is not unique to cryptocurrency. But when you introduce a token, that would... It, it, that's where we introduce this concept of non-fungibility or non-fungible assets into the crypto space because now we're building it on blockchain technology which allows us to have some really interesting um, features that add value to a non-fungible asset. So uh, NFT, non-fungible token, it's interesting for three main reasons. Three main things that set it apart from any other non-fungible asset. Um, and so the first one is ownership. So a non, an NFT, non-fungible token, uh, allows you to own the token. This may seem like a, a strange concept, um, but here's some examples. So a common example would be like a Twitter handle, right? It's, we have a Twitter handle, at uh, Fool's Gold. Check us out, there's a plug. Um, and uh, that is that is unique Twitter handle. No one else can own that handle, right? Only us can own it. So in a sense, uh, mm-hmm. it's it's non fungible. It can't be replaced very easily. But it's not really a non fungible token for a couple of reasons. One, it's not really built on blockchain. But the main thing is we don't own that Twitter handle. Twitter owns that handle, and at any time they can remove our ownership, quote unquote ownership of it. They can remove it. They can. Uh, take it away from us. They can retire it. They can do whatever they want with that handle because technically Twitter still owns that handle. We have no ownership of it. So, so conversely with NFT, you own it, uh, and and the company can no longer take it away. Another example: I play mobile games. I don't. Do you play mobile games, Brian? Yeah, a little, a little bit. Not so many. okay. So I, I so I play a couple. You know, they're good. They're good things to play when you're sitting on the toilet, you know, and trying to hide from the kids or something. So, yep. you know, um, in one of the games that I play, you can do certain tasks and you earn gold. They call it gold. It's obviously virtual gold, right? It's There's no actual value to it. Um, but I don't own that virtual gold. The company that made the game is still owning that virtual gold. And I can buy things in the game with that virtual gold. I can buy buildings, I could buy outfits, whatever. Um, but again, I don't own those buildings, I don't own those outfits. The company that made the game owns those items. So with the NFT, uh, it introduces ownership where you can actually own the rights to whatever you have. So that's the first part of NFTs. They, they give you ownership so that you actually own that piece of code. So even if the company goes bankrupt or whatever, goes away, you still own that piece of code. So as long as you have some platform, some software that can read that piece of code that you own, you still have it. It, it can outlast any game. 
So that's the first thing, ownership. Mm -hmm. And what this does is it allows you to do more with that digital asset. It makes it transferable where you can sell it, you can buy it. Um, you know, back, back on the example of Twitter handles, Twitter bans you from selling your handles to other people because, again, it's not yours really to own, so you can't really be trading it or selling it to other people. But with an NFT, you can trade it, you can sell it, you can do whatever you want with it, you can burn it so that it doesn't exist anymore. So an example of this, in a game that sells NFTs, perhaps you can buy an outfit for your character, but you own that outfit. So then you could sell that outfit to other players. You can hold on to that outfit forever. You can destroy that outfit, and so no one gets to use it. Um, it is yours to do whatever you want with it. And, and the third part of NFTs uh, is that it is authentic. And this is because it's uh, uh, built on blockchain technology, you can authenticate any token. You can check where did this token originate from. So, for example, in the art world, and with paintings, I'm not an art collector, um, but, you know, there's, there, I, I hear, I, I watch TV shows, there's a problem with forgery in the art world, uh, where people can make fraud, you know, commit, commit fraud, or make forgeries of different paintings, and it's hard to verify if it is actually the authentic, original painting. So, if we can imagine, let's say Pablo Picasso is still alive with blockchain technology around and he paints some one of his crazy wackadoo people one of his paintings <laughs> then he could record on the blockchain ledger that he is producing this painting that it is him himself picasso that made that painting and then he can sell it to someone and that person will be able to uh, prove that they own a picasso original because picasso himself made it and Picasso himself sold it to that person. And then that person can sell it to someone else, sell it to someone else, and it's all recorded on the blockchain. It's immutable. No one can alter what is written on the blockchain. And so you can prove that what you have, your painting, is an authentic Pablo Picasso. It came directly from him through various sources, but it is his original work. So is the, the way that you authenticate it, is it to really trace back the steps to who originally had it? Is that the way you do it? Or is there a different way to actually authenticate it? That's exactly right. So it's all recorded on the blockchain. You okay. just trace those steps back. Um, trace the first person that had this was Pablo Picasso, and that's how they know that it was a true... Exactly. Basically, you know, original. Pablo Picasso's wallet address created this painting, and, or digital painting, whatever it is, and then you can trace where did it go from there to prove that I it's see. real. So if anyone else, if you, if you trace it back and you find out, wait, Pablo Picasso didn't paint this, Brian painted this, uh, then you know it, that's, a, that's a forgery. It wasn't really a Pablo Picasso. Interesting. And so that gives NFTs some actual value to the physical world in addition to the digital world um, where they are, they are starting to, you know, try to um, integrate the idea of tokenization of these non-fungible assets, these non-fungible paintings, integrating it into a blockchain technology so that you can authenticate paintings as originals. So, can you do it with actual, actual physical paintings or does it have to be a digital? 
so, painting. So usually it's digital, but actually they are they are finding ways to auth- authenticate and integrate physical objects as well. Huh. So it would have its own unique address um, that you know you could then trace on a blockchain of where it goes. So does that mean so like? Here's an example. Let me know if this is a dumb question or <laughs> if this applies. But so, you know, authenticating paintings, you know, I'm trying to think of like other practi- practical uses that, you know, might be something similar to that because I'm not super into paintings. I don't know how many people are, but <laughs> maybe what? if you're like a rich person or something, <laughs> I don't know. But uh, what about like your identity? You know what I mean? Like that's like you have to authenticate who you are, right? And there's a bunch of identity identity thieves you know and like i've been a victim of it it's a nightmare and it's terrible you know and so is there any way to use it like in that instance or even like another other practical use sure so in this sense the non-fungible asset would be your identity right because you can't really replace your own uh identity it's unique right exactly and you own it um uh, and so so in that sense, it'd be like an unfungible asset. And yes, they do have, um, they are looking for ways to be able to authenticate and use this con- this technology for our identities. Um, I don't think, I don't know if any workable model currently exists uh, that I know of. Hmm. But the, it is something that they're looking into That's and is something though. that they are excited about because it is a way to prove, um, you know, identification as well, like you're saying. Interesting stuff. So again, the, the three main points of an NFT would be ownership. Did you actually own it? Not some company that made it. Uh, it's transferable, meaning you can do whatever you want with it. Transfer it, sell it, whatever. Uh, and then authenticate it um, because you can prove its origins and prove where it came from by tracking its progress on the ledger, on the blockchain. What's with the... So the only thing I've seen about NFTs that I can really remember is like something about kitties. <laughs> What's with the kitties? <laughs> What's with the kitties? So when I first looked into NFTs, a little story here, uh, I was Googling crypto kitties is what you're referring to, I think. Crypto kitties. <laughs> yeah. And and uh, my wife walks in right then and she's like, what are you searching? Crypto kitties? <laughs> and I felt immediately embarrassed, but then not really. So crypto kitties, it, it's a harmless little thing. Uh, it, it, it really peaked back in 2017. Uh, it's more or less like Pokemon, uh, where you okay. can have a unique monster, but in this case, they're all kitties. They're just, it's a picture of a kitty literally is what it is. But, but everyone has a chance to have a unique kitty because your kitty has unique assets, unique properties. And you, then you can like breed kitties and make new kitties that you can then sell and the whole economy to it so is it just one like one artist making all these kitties or is this everybody contributing to these kitties collections like yeah so it's right so it's a company that has created um a platform that automatically generates these kitties based on what kitties bred together what properties did they have and then it randomly gives you a new kitty with kind of a, a meshing of those properties. <laughs> That's crazy. Doesn't that sound appealing to you, Brian? You, you, you make oh. it sound like... So, so here's, here's what's crazy. And this is really where NFTs really did get their popularity. So this is like back in, like I said, 2017, 2018, that it was really popular. And uh, this is actually where you get the record for the uh, most expensive NFT of all time. I don't know, did you see this, Brian, when you're looking it up? 
the I, most, I don't remember. Yeah, no. so the most expensive NFT was a Crypto Kitty. And again, let me just reemphasize. These are just literally a picture of a kitty. It, it doesn't do anything. Don't tell me. Don't tell me it went for like ten thousand dollars or something like crazy like that. Think think bigger, Brian. This is crypto. <laughs> it sold for no. six hundred ether, which at the time was like one hundred seventy thousand dollars. Oh my gosh! For a kitty? For for a kitty? For a picture of a kitty? Not for a picture? For kitty. for a digital picture of a kitty? Not even one you can hold. <laughs> So I wow. guess this kitty was so desirable. It, I think its name was Dragon. Uh, it's so desirable because it had a, a dragon tail. And so um, so rare that, uh, yeah, $170,000. There's a huge market for, you know, like people buy things and apps all the time. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like some kind of, you know... Like I, I've, I've never played it, but like, isn't there like World of Warcraft? Like you can purchase different items and things. Like, and those usually go for lots of money, right? Right. But so I, 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 don't I don't know. I'm not surprised by it. Sure. Yeah. And, and I guess the difference here is I, I don't know how that those mechanics work. I don't know if you can sell those. Those aren't like NFTs. Though, I don't think right. Where I don't think you right. can sell the outfits so. that you buy. It's, uh, Blizzard still owns whatever right. um, the, the so you're just spending a bunch of money to rent those whatever Ex- items you're doing exactly yeah yeah so so i guess in this case it provides you with some kind of ownership that people can then i don't know it it boosts its value i guess in some people's eyes the fact that you own it versus renting it right i guess the question is yeah you own something that's unique and yours but it, you does it even matter to own it like is it worth anything (laughs) and that's where you get into the speculation aspect of it you know i so there was a game um i think they still the games like this still exist but i I think it was called hot potato uh and it was based on nfts and and basically you would buy i don't don't know what they were some kind of digital art some probably a picture of of a potato i don't know and you'd buy it for a certain price like say you buy it for one ether and the whole point is, after you buy it, it automatically relists to sell at a higher price. So I buy it for one Ether, and then it's automatically being relisted to sell for two Ether. And then someone comes along, buys it for two Ether, it automatically relists to sell for four Ether. And so the idea is that everyone's speculating in on these, buying it, hoping that someone else will buy it from them at the higher price and make money on it. Oh, man. And so they call it hot potato games because you don't want to be caught with the last hole in the bag. <laughs> exactly, you don't want to be caught with that last potato and no one buys it, and then you've wasted all that money. So, oh man, yeah, that's very speculative. So stuff like that has definitely man. hurt. I would say hurt the industry. Yeah, yeah, uh, those kind of Ponzi-like schemes. But um, you know, games like th- these things exist, like you're saying, because other people perceive there is value to it and perceive that other people will find value in it. And so then that's why they buy it because they think that someone else will buy it for more. Right. Just because my poop is, you know, <laughs> is uh, unique and <laughs> technically a non-fungible asset. Wow. It doesn't mean that it has value. Everybody wants it. Oh goodness, friend. Uh, yes, <laughs> sure. Sorry to be graphic. Yes. Uh, yeah. Ooh. 
Um, yeah, I don't want any of that non-fungible <laughs> asset. Yes. So there are, there are a bunch of use cases, you know, different ways that NFTs are being used. We've talked about a little bit of games and stuff. What, what do you do you find the most interesting, Brian? Well, I don't think, I mean, some of like the kitties and the art stuff, I mean, it really doesn't resonate with me at all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's why, you know, I'm being a little bit sarcastic here, but, um, but I think it could lead to something to more practical uses like the whole ownership thing is kind of interesting um and like the whole identity and and also i thought i read somewhere maybe you you can explain a little bit more but like how you can use it um to like verify a physical asset that you own right so like for instance like your your um your title to your car you know what i mean Mm. and like you have like a piece of paper usually have to put it in like a safe, a big safe in your house and take up space. And I don't know, I feel like there's some practical uses that could be way more efficient to, you know, show and authenticate that you actually own some physical asset. Um, anyway, something like that, I feel like excites me more than just like, hey, here's a really cool looking picture of something. <laughs> <laughs> but that's me, you know, I, I, I obviously I'm, you know, that's just one person's opinion, but other people value different things. <laughs> that is just you, Brian. Yes. Um, no. <laughs> yeah. So there's there's something like that, like you're saying. You know, title to um, a car. You can do like I know they're they're introducing it into like real estate, where you could own like a fraction of an apartment complex, and have that token that represents your ownership of that apartment complex, and oh. so you own it. But then you can also sell your share of the apartment complex, um, you know, for whatever you want to sell it for. Um, and so, yeah, like you're saying, it, it can it can be used with real world assets. You can be used with things that exist physically um, as well as the digital space. Yeah. But, I mean, I can see myself as a kid, like the whole like trading, you know, sports cards, you know, like uh, baseball cards, like if every kid right now has a tablet or a smartphone, like what's the difference between having a piece of cardboard um, versus, hey, let's trade these cool uh, sports moments, you know, or pictures, and we can link up our phones and I can switch it with you. You know what I mean? Like I could see that being exciting for a kid, uh, especially in like that is into like baseball cards or something like that. Um, so, I mean, th- besides being like doing grown up, you know, things like assets and ownership and things like that, I could see that there could be some uses for like my son, you know, like when he grows up and wants, you know, to do something similar to that. For sure. I- I've really had to come around to the idea of collectibles, though, because like to me, there's there's nothing like the feeling of holding a baseball card in your hand, you know, touching the game worn jersey. I mean. I don't yeah. know. There's just something, phys- you know, something to that physical nature. But like you're saying, the people that are, you know, the next generation, they're all going to be digital, and and there's not going to be as big of a difference between what's digital and what's physical. And right. so, and and with that though, um, baseball cards are like they're limited on what they can do. You know what I mean? Like they could only, which is cool, like you said, like to be able to physically touch like a jersey or a bat, you know, something like that. But, like, you can't have, like, some cool video, some, you know, moment in 
baseball history that is your you know your camera angle or something like that you know what i mean like they're limited on what they can do as a as a cardboard cutout versus digitally there's a lot more opportunities i feel like right and and it sounds like you're kind of talking about the nba top shot which is um yes kind of the basketball card version of all of this and it's actually partnered with by the the nba uh, has partnered with it some big time nba players have uh, partnered with it and it's actually the company behind it is actually the same company that made crypto kitties so they have a track record of making successful nft collectibles um but yeah, just just real quick on that because I think it's I think it's interesting. I like basketball. You like basketball, so this this yeah. this one NBA Top Shot is basically you are collecting uh, some video clips of a highlight, just one highlight, and it's like like you're saying it's you know it's like a ba- basketball card except that it's it's a video. It's not just some stationary image on a card. It's actually, um, you know, you can see the video and and watch it over and over, and there's a little more interactivity to it um, because of its nature as being a, a digital asset. It and it's unique, right? Like if it's nobody else has it, right? So you can own like that. Yeah, there there are some moments that they call like highlights. That there's only maybe ten people that own that moment. There's some others that are super rare that maybe only one person owns that moment, right? And so, yeah. you know, I could see, I, I think a big thing here, I, I can see, um, you know, I, th- I think you need a way to, uh, to display your digital collectibles. So That's I can see true. like a future of maybe people having digital picture frames that display their, you know, their NFTs or, you know, th- that they can yeah. hang up in their house. And then as you walk in, you can see these, you know, highlights of some clip that you own of basketball or whatever it is, right? So here's a question with that, and this is me not knowing very much about crypto, but um, like, remember how when you used to have like, I think you could probably do something similar on Facebook, but remember MySpace, you could like, you know, put up like <laughs> music and background pictures and stuff like that. Like, is there a, like a, something on crypto that could be used kind of like that as a way to display it, you know, on some kind of page or something like that? I gotta say, Brian, I've never used MySpace. You're showing your age here. I don't know. I don't know what MySpace is. No, I. I We're only like a year <laughs> apart in age here. Um, yeah, I, I'm sure there is. I haven't really looked into it because I don't own any NFTs of my own. Um, but uh, you know, I, I imagine there's something that will exist if it doesn't already. I, I'm okay. sure there are ways to showcase it and to make it seem interesting. And um, yeah whether it's on some social media platform or some kind of, you know, book that you can show to people or whatever it is. Right. And I think that that may be the kind of that missing link that, that isn't making it so, you know, as widely um, c- collected is because there isn't a great way to show off what you own. Right. And so if there was some way to integrate it into, like you're saying, Facebook, some social media way to just kind of show everyone what you own, I think, I think that would really help the industry take off. Um, real quick, I would like to, in the, in the idea of collectibles, if you are interested in collectibles, we actually partnered with, um, a company is stash designs to make our own, uh, crypto collectibles series. So I'll just put the, I'll just say the website right here and I can also put it in the description, but if you want to check out what these collectibles look like, get an idea of, of what you're dealing with here, 
you can go to app.rarible.com slash stash. That's S-T-A-C-H-E. So app.rarible.com slash stash. And you can check out our own line of crypto collectible items. Uh, they are, like Brian was saying, it's not just a stationary image. It's actually uh, has a little bit of, of movement and action to them. Uh, it's, a, it's a GIF, looping GIF uh, of some famous crypto names. So if you're interested in checking out NFTs, I would recommend checking that out. But anyway, enough of our of our own plugging. Uh, anything else that you wanted to cover <laughs> in terms of uh, how uh, real use cases for NFTs, Brian? One other thing I saw, and I don't know if you've looked into this, but I know that both you and I like board games, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. and I, I I thought I saw somewhere that there was like a practical use for like board games and 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 using NFTs. Have you looked in, into that at all? I haven't. No. That'd be interesting. Yeah, I thought that'd be be interesting to look into because I know there's, you know, f- certain games that have like special cards or special unique abilities. You know, it's similar to like video games, obviously. But um, yeah, that's something I I want to check out a little bit more. Sure. I know that they they do that with like card games, for example. I know that they they do have that where you can collect rare cards or you know. Anyway, so you have you have ownership of these different cards you can use. I haven't heard about board games, so that's interesting. Um, yeah. w- one thing I should mention, one more thing about gaming I feel like I should mention that's kind of important with the whole ownership thing. What makes it so interesting uh, with gaming is that you, since you own it, your ownership of that token doesn't have to stay inside that game. And so, for example, with CryptoKitties, back on, on this CryptoKitty thing. So, yes, you <laughs> own the kitty, but there were, at, this, at the time there were a lot of other games that started popping up that allowed you to import your kitty into that game. And so like there was a racing game that you could race your kitty against other people's crypto kitties. Um, oh, wow. Or there's like virtual worlds that you can, you know, build your own house and decorate it how you want. And then you can actually decorate the walls with your crypto kitty or with whatever NFT you own. So you can actually showcase it in that way in this virtual space. And so you're taking something that you buy in one game and then you're using it for a totally different purpose in a different game. So it's cross compatible with different things, different platforms. Right, and, and obviously the, the makers of the other game, the second game, do have to uh, ensure there's a way to read the code of your token from the first game. Right. But but okay. yeah, it, 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 it can work in other games. And that's what makes it interesting because you own it. You can find a bunch of different uses of this token rather than just looking at a picture. You can, you know, use it in different ways, which makes it interesting, makes it exciting. And, you know, something different than uh, a, a physical asset that you could own. It kind of reminds me of remember like when we would play video games back in the day, like Super Nintendo or or. Uh, and 64 if you like when the starting menu was coming up if you hit certain buttons together like a b plus right you know trigger or whatever like you could have unlock some special <laughs> like character you know from mm-hmm. some different game or something like that oh anyway, actually i didn't, I didn't random, know that but okay yeah it's oh, just like know, that yeah there's, <laughs> there's stuff like that yeah but but of course that was that's from those makers the same same company that made both games right yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah, or at least some partnership. Yeah, so it's kind of like that, but but in the sense of 
you own it and you can bring it in yourself, right? That that is interesting. I didn't know. That's cool. I, I'm rusty on the Nintendo again, Brian. Your 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 old references of Ed Nintendo. You. <laughs> this is good. <laughs> so so to wrap it all up, since this is an investment podcast, so Brian, what what is your opinions on? the worth of nfts as an investment we've talked about kind of the fun aspects of it right but but really you know what 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 worth does it have as an investment i mean clearly there's a market for it because if you're selling kitties for how much was it like a hundred and something thousand dollars so i mean there's there's definitely some money to be made in this and i'm one to especially as you know with crypto as because I'm not extremely knowledgeable about it but I do want to invest in it and so I'm willing to put aside some money not a lot but for me put aside some money that you know may may pan out and something like this could could be a good lucrative uh, investment uh, especially with I think with the practical uses um, like with tangible assets and identity and that stuff but obviously more of the stuff that it's being used for right now sounds like more entertainment um which still is a big industry you know a lot of people um find value in that and so i think it could be uh, i guess my question is how do you invest in something like this the the use cases that we talked about earlier there's different ways to buy it different uses for them right and so you'd you'd find a game or you'd find a platform like rarible.com is a website that sells digital art um, and so there's, there's different websites you can buy these on different games. You can buy it on. Um, could you, could you invest in it? Like, is there companies or like different, um, I don't know, like, is there ways to invest in it without actually have to buy like a specific, uh, uh, whatever you call it, what's it called? And I, NFT, you know, is there a way to do it without like buying like a painting or something like that? So to relate it to like, the real world you're saying like instead of being a stamp collector you'd pay the stamp collector to go collect stamps that kind of thing <laughs> yeah sure kind of yeah. Uh, i don't i don't know if that exists i'm not sure well what kind of things would you find to invest like i guess like would you do like the more sports side or in the kitty side <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you where do you see opportunities for investments do you think that could uh, that could explode in this market. Sure. So, so for me, the main appeal is uh, the collectibles side of things. I, you know, I think I think we like we okay. talked about the the real world investments, like um, real estate. That's interesting. Um, but, but, but the collectible side is interesting to me because, um, you know, I, I would invest more in it because I'm interested in the item itself. I wouldn't invest in it as a means of investment. I think that's. A little speculative, like we've talked about. That's kind of assuming yeah. that someone else is willing to buy this thing that I bought. And so I don't, I don't know if I necessarily invest in it for that reason. Um, but, you know, I, I think I think the collectibles side of things is, is, is interesting to me. I will say, um, looking at kind of the history, the historical prices of these NFTs, when they first, you know, a, a few years ago, the average price for an NFT was about $25. And currently, um, the average price for an NFT is over $120. So people are willing to pay more for NFTs. Uh, I was looking up um, how the the market cap for NFTs is estimated to be over $300 300 million. So there's money going in, 
And so if you have some kind of collector's item that you enjoy, but but you think you know maybe other people would enjoy too, that could be an interesting uh, investment. And 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 it preserves value differently than something like a stock or a, a crypto coin. Like with the the crash back in March, the price of NFTs did not drop, and the sale of NFTs didn't really drop as much either. So th- this market, hmm. it's like a different market than than stocks or you know crypto, and so it's it's almost like it's a different bucket to be putting some money in. But again, it's kind of speculative because you have to assume if you're doing it for an investment, that someone else is going to want to buy what you have. Yeah, it's like having different non-correlated assets, like we talk about a lot. You know, like gold and paintings. <laughs> yeah, we talk about that. But <laughs> I I would be interested to like look into the collectibles because you know as, like i said as a kid i love baseball cards and if there's i don't know some nostalgia with that i guess i think what would be interesting for me would be invest in like can you invest in what was that that company called top shot or what was it called uh well it's dapper labs but they made the game nba top shot oh okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so like dapper labs like invest in something like that because they seem like to have a good reputation of of uh, creating some kind of valued <laughs> yeah. collectible, you know? They know and the so, space well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because obviously I don't know know the space well, and so if somebody, as a company does, then I think I'd be willing to invest in some, some company like that. Sure, yep. Well, so I think that does it for us, unless you have anything else to say about NFTs, Brian. No, no, but I'm curious what what other people find interesting you know like what if if somebody was going to be investing or buying some kind of collectible like what would it be I'm, I'm just curious yeah definitely so for those listeners you know put in the comments let us know what you're interested in buying uh you know these, these nfts it's a whole new world right and so it's, that's what, kind of what makes it exciting is there's lots of different uh ways to you know invest in nfts as always this is not investment advice that we're giving here but you know, it's something interesting to look into, something uh, to, to keep an eye on. Because I think, you know, year over year it's growing, and I think it's going to continue growing in popularity. So, uh, well, that'll be a wrap for us. Uh, thank you for listening to another episode of the Fool's Gold podcast. Uh, again, as a reminder, if you want to check out uh, our own NFT line, go to app.rarible.com slash stash, or check out the URL in the description of this podcast uh, to visit that also check us out on the socials at fools gold that's g-o-a-l-e-d uh, we're on twitter and instagram we do weekly competitions for um, selecting a uh, choosing a chart and predicting which stock or crypto we think will do well that week so it'd be fun to have you along there um, but uh, until next time i'll talk to you brian see ya